Hello and welcome to Subclass Act, a solo role-playing, actual play podcast. I'm your host, James Schrall. everybody and welcome back. We've got another episode for you today. Uh, We are going to continue through the same series. The only change today is that I'm going to go back to using Mythic Gym Emulator for this next leg of the adventure. I'm interested in what your thoughts are on the Oracle that I've been using, sort of the different, very different approach, the more minimalist, minimalist, minimalist approach compared to using uh, Mythic. Yeah, Uh, I wanted to go back. I just, I want to see and kind of compare how that went. I'm uh, excited to have my spark tables back um, and my plot twists. Uh, but yeah, there's ways of adding that stuff, of course, in the previous Oracle. But yeah, let me know what you think. We've got a couple call-ins, and then we're going to get straight into the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. We've got another episode for you today. Uh, we are going to continue through the same series. The only change today is that I'm going to go back to using Mythic Gym Emulator for this next leg of the adventure. I'm interested in what your thoughts are on the Oracle that I've been using, sort of the different, very different approach, the more minimalist, minimalist, blah, 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 minimalist approach compared to using uh, Mythic. Yeah, uh, I wanted to go back. I just, I want to see and kind of compare how that went. I'm uh, excited to have my spark tables back um, and my plot twists. Uh, but yeah, there's ways of adding that stuff, of course, in the previous Oracle. But yeah, let me know what you think. We've got a couple call-ins, and then we're going to get straight into the episode. Hey, this is Ray. I finally remembered what it was that I forgot. I think you talked about liking the book Speaker for the Dead quite a bit. Uh, by the way, sorry if you can hear Voltron cartoons playing in the background. Um, <laughs> no no explanation needed, right? Uh, but uh, if I did too. I really thought Speaker for the Dead was better than Ender's Game. And after that, the books kind of fall off, which I believe you also said. So that was kind of what I wanted to connect with you on and just to say, yes, good taste. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, I have exactly the same opinion about it. I'm glad that you. I'm glad you remembered that. I I remember reading Ender's Game, and you know, it comes highly recommended, and it's very good. It's 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 really really good. It, but I never really heard people in general mention um, other ones. Now, I think my cousin, my younger cousin, might have mentioned it before, but he is a bookworm who reads so much, uh, so much. He reads so much, um, so that it doesn't surprise me in his case. But yeah, I don't hear it talked about very much. Um, and I agree. I thought Speaker for the Dead, I remember at least at the time thinking that was my favorite one. I liked it even more than Ender's Game, which I was very shocked by. Um, but then, yeah, after that, they, they kind of fell off. And I know that there are other series after that, but really by the time we got to, uh, I, I forget what the, if it was uh, Xenocide or Ch- Children of the Mind. Children of the Mind sounds so cool, um, but it's it wasn't as it wasn't as good. Yeah, it, um, it kind of lost focus, I think. Really, it, it lost its story to tell during um, Speaker for the Dead for me. Uh, yeah, so I feel I feel like I'm in good company here, Ray, because honestly, I think you have good taste, and I, I like your your podcast and sort of the the flavor of stuff you're into. So, um, if you felt the same way about it, then I think I'm on the right track. All right, I realize that's the only call in for this episode, so we're just gonna get right into the rest of the episode. Hopefully, I didn't miss anything or anybody. Feel free to call into the show anytime uh, about any of your opinions or anything like that. It doesn't have to be exactly related to the show. It can be you know, anything that I, uh, say randomly, which is a lot of things. Cause I say a lot of random things cause I don't play on any of this stuff ahead of time for better or for perhaps worse. All right. Into the episode. There are definitely some mixed spirits going into into this. In this case, some of the crew are excited. Some of the crew are kind of antsy. But Nicola, Nicola is, I think, the most stressed of all. They know they're about to embark upon a mission to, for most of them, to just check out, uh, you know, See what happened to some, you know, rich jet setter, you know, space age jet setter who's just running around trying to find excitement to his life, to their lives. But Nikola knows that this isn't just some random rich kid. This is Eric Votemann, his childhood best friend. He may not have seen him in a while, but they have a lot of memories together. And, and clearly, as we've seen him be sort of the become the black sheep 
We don't know necessarily the, the, the nature of their relationship, but I think Nicola likes to hold on that they, will, they would always be friends. And that has certainly been called into question as many things. Originally a hostage on this this mission, Nicola at the, at the moment feels as if no, no matter what Maggie's ulterior motives are, he's got to work with her and a crew on this uh, to get this solved. Maybe he'll find a way to also escape himself later or, or whatever. We don't know any of that yet. We're going to get into it. Um, <clears throat> since I am playing one person and not a crew, I'm not going to be managing a lot of the ship kind of stuff, which I realize is uh, you know, a big part of Traveler. Maybe that'll come up later uh, if Nikola somehow managed to find his own ship or, or earn his own ship somehow. Uh, right now, that's pretty unlikely. So he's going to keep going along with this crew. They've been treating him well enough anyways. Um, you know, he may be working for something of the space mafia, but right now everything else seems so petty, you know, with knowing that knowing what they know now. We got a few things to figure out. I don't know how, since I haven't generated the star sector or anything like that, we're not using the official, you know, spin word marches or anything like that. We need to figure out how far away, um... We need to figure out how far away this is, uh, the, you know, the void, right? That's at the edge of where humanity is. It's presumably fairly far. We need to know how far it is. We need to know, therefore, how many jumps it's going to take. Uh, we need to know the capabilities of the ship. That's going to translate eventually into how many weeks. So, for anybody who doesn't know in Traveler, and in Nova's Nebulae, which clearly didn't take it from Traveler. Anyway, um, in, in Traveler, uh when you do a jump drive, which is sort of the warp equivalent here for Star Trek or Star Wars hyperspace or warp equivalent, you can travel one to five hexes, or in this case, it also means one to five parsecs uh, in one week. It doesn't matter if you're, when you're using that drive, it doesn't matter if you're jumping all the way from one or five, Five is really high, by the way. That won't be happening on this game, probably. Um, five is really high. Um, yeah, it only takes a single week, no matter how far you're jumping that way. And you're separated and isolated from the rest of the universe on your own in this very weird... Nobody knows exactly what's kind of going on with that, as far as I can tell, but... Yeah, you're sort of separated from the rest of the universe. Maybe you're in another universe. It's it's kind of weird and nebulous. But it doesn't mean you have a lot of free time. There's no faster than... Reminder, there's no faster than light communication. The quickest way to find something out is to send somebody there. And there's no communication that's going to be able to happen of any sort during jump, since they are completely and utterly isolated. Okay. So, they're going to embark on this mission. We are going to use Mythic for this, so I can have my, uh, my action subject tables, which I use and abuse constantly, and my twists, which I also very much like. Um, uh, I haven't decided about, you know, Chaos Factory probabilities or anything like that. I know there are variations of Mythic. I've never tried them. So we're just going to stick with the vanilla uh, for now. I'll send it to Chaos Factor 5, just kind of starting that like I'm starting it over. Uh, and I kind of translate all the characters and threads over. So the main thread right now is to figure out what's crossing the void and at the same time discover the fate of Nikola's friend, Eric Votemann. This rich jet setter. Okay. We need to know a few things. Uh, some of which I'm going to use Mythic for, some of which I will not. Actually, the first two I will not. Um, I need to know how far away in, in parsecs this... Um, the edges, the void. I'm gonna roll 2d6. Okay, it's six, six parsecs. So we must be already kind of towards the edge um, of humanity's reach, uh, presumably. So six parsecs, and then um, <clears throat> that'll mean that you know we'll have to figure out how many how many jumps. So I'm gonna roll a d3, and that's gonna be whatever the ship that we have. Because remember, this was a prison, basically a prison space station that Maggie took over. Uh, she paid people off, or we haven't figured all that out yet. We might ask some questions about that at some point, but um, but basically they had taken over this prison spaceship that she is using. Um, it's all the way out here, so it probably wasn't that hard for her, but um, she kind of took that over as her base of operations. So it's probably not a super fancy ship. Um, and in fact, let's ask Mythic this. I, is it possible that... 
I basically want to know if I'm gonna roll a d2 or a d3 for the for the jump um, the jump capabilities is it even possible remotely possible that they would have a jump three ship I actually think there's no way so I'm gonna ask there's a 15% chance I think there's no way that they could even possibly get their hands on it okay 57 yeah no um, so they do not so I'm gonna roll um, basically a d2 I'm just gonna do um, one through three on this d6 here then they have a jump one if it's four through uh, sorry one through three it's a jump one if it's four through six it's jump two okay four so they do actually have a jump two ship so they were able to find something um, that's not I mean that's not shabby it's not terrible it's not great it's not terrible all right now that means because we did say it was six parsecs away and they have jump two, they're gonna have to do at least three jumps. I have not figured out fuel or anything like that, and I'm probably gonna hand wave it a little, hand wave it a little bit for the solo aspect. The, some, some, sometimes the resource tracking isn't as fun for me solo, depending on the circumstances. It, it's just, you know, for bookkeeping, as it could be in a group where that burden is sort of distributed, um, where that stuff can be really fun. Okay, so we're gonna track that. All right, so we're gonna say that they are already mid first jump. Now, normally you could roll, especially if I was running a ship or I had a character running it, um, you know, roll for a missed jump or a uh, drive failure. Uh, looking at the probabilities, those are currently impossible. Then none of the dice modifiers apply. Even if I rolled two sixes, uh, nothing would happen there. That is something we may have to look at in the future though, if we somehow have to use unfiltered fuel or something uh, that comes up. Hopefully fuel prices are better in the far future than they are in the very current present. <laughs> okay, topical. All right, so they're in the middle of uh, this first week and we need to know, really, it's just this This scene is, I think, gonna be um, sort of the scene setup, which I may not write down, but the scene setup is gonna be Nicola just trying to find out more information, I think. I think he's going to take this opportunity to try to glean more information about Maggie and her particular role in all of this. And he'll probably try to see if he can find more information as well on, on if anybody's heard any rumors. Probably not, because they just picked up this communique. Um, and there's probably not anybody out here, so they probably can't haven't really heard any rumors. But maybe throughout time they have. So we'll get into it. So first we need to know if the scene is interrupted in any way. It's chaos factor is five. Six, no, so it's gonna continue as normal. Um, yeah, so I think the first thing that, um, I think the first thing that I really wanna do here is see if Nicola can find somebody that's worth talking to uh, and see if he can kind of glean some information that way. I think he'll, he, it's, he's milling about, talking with various people and uh, you know, just kind of shoot, trying to shoot the breeze, and you know they're all stuck here anyway. Some people are probably um, reading and so on. I need to know if he finds somebody who's more more chatty than the others, or are they all like, um, you know, how chummy are they really? And then I'm going to see how many crew members are on this ship. Uh, I'm going to roll two d6 for the number of crew members. Okay, five. So besides Nicola, there are five other crew members this time is fairly small okay so I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's it's likely that he'll be able to find somebody somebody who's easier to chat about this kind of stuff than others um, so we'll say uh, likely chaos factor 5 52 so yes uh, he is able to find somebody when he's when he's chatting I don't really know what this person's like yet, but let's see what they have to say, and then maybe I'll, I'll roleplay it out after the fact a little bit. Uh, action, 57, create, subject, create, the intellectual. Okay, so I think that this is, um, yeah, so Nicola walks up to somebody, oh, we need to know who he's talking to, so I'm gonna roll a d6 here. Uh, Nicola walks up and and says, um, "Hi, uh, my name is Nicola. I, I haven't I haven't met you yet. And let me get maybe a name generator. Let me just grab a random, oops, 
random name generator. Uh, let's see here. Eleonora. Okay. So Nicola comes up and, and she says, um, uh, yes, hi, my, my name is Eleonora. I'm, I'm one of the, uh, well, I'm sort of one of the, one of the, or is she a scientist or an engineer, actually? She's gonna be one of those. Um, 50-50, is she a scientist? Uh, 20, so yes, she's a scientist. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, uh, what is your, sort of, what is your field of study? Oh, it's, uh, it's astrophysics, actually, um, and, and specifically, uh, specifically trying to study at this edge of the universe. I, I, I sort of got an opportunity uh, to work with with Maggie that way, and to to do my work out here a little bit less shackled from, you know, less shackled from the the humdrum. Of, you know, uh, I'm I'm sure you understand what all that's like. Oh yes, uh, of course. Nicola says he doesn't really know what she's talking about. Listen, um, I've only just started working for Maggie. What is that? What has the experience been like working for you? Well, we're—it's been good actually. We've actually been able to do a lot of a lot of good work out here. Uh, I think Nicola kind of gets the impression as as they keep talking for a little bit longer. I think Nicola, she kind of says about you know studying this, that, and the other thing out here. But I think um, you know a lot of it goes over Nicola's head. I think uh, what. Nicola puts the pieces together at though maybe it's that Maggie or at least um, Eleonora whose name I'm going to write down now um, Eleonora astrophysicist um, Eleonora is is mainly excited to be working on here she's studying all these things but I think that um, Nicola kind of pieces together that Maggie must be trying to gather more information out here. And this is kind of her information gathering hub about this area of the galaxy. For what reason he can't put it together or not. And what Nicola also can't tell yet is, is, um, like, does Eleonora know about the shady nature of Maggie? Or is she, is she that naive? Like, I, I don't think he's really able to, um, I don't think he's really going to be able to tell at this point. But either way, he knows that, like, she's trying to gather... She's trying to gather information out here, and um, so she she must have either something planned or 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 maybe she's just trying to strike it out, find new business ventures. Maybe she's got sort of the explorer mindset. Uh, I I don't think uh, I don't think that Nicola is able to figure that that much out yet. Um, but I do think that they have a good they have a good sort of chat there. Okay. They come out, therefore, of their first, their first jump, um, and I'm gonna say that they, uh, just in this universe, I, I don't know if this is a traveler rule or not, but for Solo, this is gonna be more interesting. Um, I'm gonna say that they have to spend a day, um, sort of like, a after the jump, they've gotta spend at least a day, they're not just gonna do the unless they really, really have to, the Battlestar Galactica, like, a bunch of jumps in a row, I think, in general, their their rule of thumb is to wait a day before the next, um, before the next jump. So they exit out of the jump, and where are they? Maybe we can use some of the tables here to generate an area to see what's, what's kind of here, if there are any planets. Um, is this already kind of an empty, an empty area, or, or what do we have? So, in order to do that, we are going to go to our um, our worlds section here in the Traveler book. There's a bunch of, like everything else, there's a bunch of tables, there's a procedure for generating all of this stuff. Um, I'm probably not going to go exactly through all of the procedure for generating everything, I'm probably going to roll it as it comes up. It can be a lot of back and forth and, and, and this and the, and the other thing, I'll probably just use it to answer some spot questions. First, I want to know, are there any planets here? That's This is going to be a question for Mythic. Is there any planet here in the area? Because they could, they could be near Nebula. Uh, so are there any planets here? I'm going to say 50-50. I don't know. 99. It's, it's a, it is devils, but it's above the chaos factor. So it's an extreme no. There are no planets. Um, so uh, And in an extreme no, it's either going to be blank or it's going to be ne nebula. And I don't know what, which it is. Is it is it a nebula? If it is, it's extreme and it'd be huge. Is it a nebula? 50-50? 
54, no. So it's, there's a huge blank space here. They're just in a really empty sec, like literally an empty sector. They, I think they can feel themselves getting closer in that way to the void. And that's super unsettling. Um, yeah, so the, the extreme yes means uh, to me that there's also not even, um, there's not even a star in this sector uh, at all. All right, well, I guess they're, they're in this case, in that case, they're just gonna kind of sit around for a day. Um, so what does Nikola do with that day? Is he able to uh, gather more information here? Um, let's see, is he able to find, now it's gonna get a little bit less likely, I said 50-50 before, is he gonna be able to find anybody else who's willing to talk more? I'm gonna say at this point, it's unlikely that he's gonna find anybody who's gonna give him any more useful information. Ooh, I rolled a 100. Okay. This will be interesting because I, I rolled a 100, which means it's an extreme no. And I think that... I think that as Nicholas sees now, he starts like looking to ask questions to people, and people are starting to avoid him. And he notices that Eleonora... Eleonora is kind of like looking down and, and looking slightly guilty. I think that... Um, she must have like she must have said something about like you know their conversation and they're worried about giving Nicola too much information. This is this could be potentially be interesting because um, it shows that they don't trust him. They clearly don't trust him, and I mean frankly he doesn't super trust them either. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure that bit out. I guess what I need to know is like with the, with this extreme 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 result of one hundred, does somebody like? Does one of them confront him? I don't know. I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna say it's unlikely. I mean, they're pretty stuck with each other. But does somebody confront him? Thirty-eight is just barely a no. So I think it. It looks like the you know, tensions are high, but but they decide not. Whoever, whoever it is decides not to uh, not to start anything. They've they've got to learn to live with each other here. Okay. Um. So we jumped uh, two. So we're now down to four. Uh, four parsecs left. They've got to get ready for the next jump. They spend the next week. Um, I'm therefore going to, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to adjust the chaos factor, frankly. I think having to adjust it every time doesn't always make sense to me, but I do want to check to see. This is a whole, like, kind of abstracting away this travel sequence. Um, and I want to know, uh, if there's, if there's any sort of random events, um, Personnel-wise, or as they're jumping out, we'll find out. Um, are there is there any sort of random event for the second jump? Got a five, uh, which is odd, which means it's an altered scene. So I think that. Hmm. Okay. I think I have an idea for this. So because the scene is basically just Nicola then is going to try to, you um, really just try to get by. Uh, is what I would think on this next this next week he'd probably just keep to himself and try to um, you know try to get stuff in order uh, and that's not quite what he gets but I have an idea and I want to see which which way it is with this altered scene all right 5050 uh, for my idea okay I've got a 43 so it, my idea is correct. So yeah, Nicholas feels obviously very awkward now. He doesn't want to increase tension with uh, with members of the ship. And somebody else comes up to him. Let's get another name here. Let me roll another d6. Okay. Uh, pull that back up. That name generator back up. Um, Diane. Uh, I need to know, is Diane the engineer? 50? 47, yes. So Diane, engineer. Diane comes up to Nicola and says, look, I've been talking with uh, Eleonora. You need to be careful about who you ask questions about, about Maggie. It's not that you're, hmm, how should we put it? It's not that you're prying into what you shouldn't necessarily be prying into in, in the way that you think. You see, 
the rest of us have been, as you have as well, pressed into this service. And we are always nervous that Maggie is going to have uh, a truly loyal, a truly loyal follower. And it's important that you know that and, and, and that we could trust you. But I think that with all that's gone on in your last mission, and uh, which I've just been able to read about, uh, as we've been after we went to this this on this jump, I started reading up on you and your past and uh, whatever records we had on you and 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 what what you did in the last mission. And I I think that we can I think that we can trust you now. We are working for Maggie on this mission as critical as it is but we as a crew have decided that she looks and she hesitates she looks around we've decided that we're not going to go back to Maggie all of us have decided we wanted to make sure that we weren't being listened to and that there weren't any bugs on the ship. I'm sorry that we had to be silent to you for a while, but we, not only did we not know if we could trust you, but we didn't know if we could trust the ship. But we're doing this mission for humanity, not for Maggie. And I need to know whether you're in or out. She gets more stern then, and Nicola says, I'm in. I, I, I'm only doing this mission for the same reason as you. We have to know what's out there. We have to band together, but... I have no allegiances to Maggie. I mean, she kidnapped me, for goodness sakes. I know that the law doesn't always line up with what is right or wrong, especially out here on the fringes, but kidnapping is, is still wrong. Then we're agreed. All right, so they come out of the second job there now, uh, two parsecs away. We need to know now, if, uh, so that scene was altered, now we're going to be inspecting this new sector. Uh, I'm not going to roll for it as a new scene, but I'm just going to see, are there any planets here? 50-50. We'll say, because it's getting sparser out here. 50-50. 34, yes, there is. So let's see what we've got. There is at least at least one planet um, in, in sort of close-ish to where they've, the, the sector where they've jumped. Uh, so now, we go back to our world section here, and we need to see some of these questions about a planet. Okay. Alright, let's, uh, let's roll on some of this. Let's see what we've got. I, I don't always remember the procedure for the whole thing, and again, I'm not gonna do the entire, the entire procedure. Um... Well, we can probably know a few things here. Let's see what we've got. Um, we need to know if there's an atmosphere at all. So, uh, this is only the problem about trying to split this up, is a lot of these tables have results that normally won't fit into just a die roll, because they kind of, they do kind of feed into each other, I suppose. So we've got a, um, the world occurrence, which we checked, which we checked it, oh, I used Mythic for that, and not for the, the generic one here. Um, so we need to find if there's a starport type, I suppose. Um, let's see. Wow, actually, it's, there's a, the enormous says you roll one, one die, and if it's four, five, or six, then there's a world there. Um, that's, that's a lot. Okay. Let me see here. Okay, I'm just gonna go through the generate the whole generation once real quick, just because I don't know what else to do for for this here. So the first characteristic, these are all with 2d6. First characteristic here, I'm just gonna roll them and write them down. And if I'm doing this wrong, you'll have to just give me some give me some grace here. All right. So first attribute is the starport, uh, which is a five. Then it, it a two d uh, two dice minus two is the planetary size is a, in this case, another five. Okay, so that was starport and size. The next one is atmosphere, which is two dice 
minus seven plus the size, so two dice. Okay, minus seven is zero, minus the size is negative five, so it's just gonna be zero. Uh, let's see, so there's no atmosphere. Uh, let's, how much water, so it's two dice minus seven plus the atmosphere, so that is, that is a zero, so there's no water either. Then the population is two dice minus two. Um, so the population will be a three. And the planetary government will be two dice minus seven plus the population. Okay, so that's an 11. Let's see, 11 minus seven. Plus three is another is a seven. Seven for the government. Okay. Oh, and then law level. It's two two dice minus seven plus the government. Two dice. Okay, it's seven minus the government, which is seven. Plus the um plus the yeah. Let's see here. Alright. You're gonna have to forgive me because I realize I've been doing this bit wrong. I, the way they were spacing it, I put like parentheses in my head, so I've done math wrong. I've done the order of operations wrong. This is good, good radio. This is what people come to hear. Starports will be in uh, nine. Planetary size will be a nine. Atmosphere. Okay, so now I really realize like I do just do the subtraction then the addition, not subtract the two to add it together. The spacing is is weird on here. They're like super shoved together because you gotta remember this is like scanned from what was like on a typewriter. So, okay, so we have a ten on the die minus seven, the three plus our size, which is nine, right? Yes, which is nine. Oh man, this is so much. So much math on the air is not good, people. Okay, so, which is, um, 12. It's really easy math, it's just hard for me to do on the air. Okay, and then, ah, hydraulic percentage. Two dice minus seven, so that is a five, so negative two plus the atmosphere, which gives us a 10. And then population, two dice minus two, which is, in this case, two. Planetary government, two dice minus seven, so that's a 10 minus seven, that's three plus population, which is five on the government. And then law level, which is two dice minus seven, so that's a negative one plus the government, which is a four the law level. So now we can realize what some of that means. Okay. So forgive me for doing math on the air. I shouldn't have done that. That was dumb of me. I should have like before this, I should have generated like index cards of five or six interesting planets and then just drawn them as they come up or whatever. But anyway, so, so the starport, um, so we have a nine, which means there's no, uh, there's no starport here. Um, so X, there's no starport. The size means, uh, with a nine, means that it's uh, 9,000 uh, 9, miles is, is what the, uh, the size is listed as. Um, so it's pretty big. There's only one size on here that's uh, really bigger. So it's pretty big. Uh, 12 for the atmosphere. Interesting. Is that really it? 12, okay, so um, A is 10. 11, 12, it's an insidious atmosphere. Interesting, okay, the, the atmosphere is just completely heinous. So we gotta figure out what, that was, what that's like on here. Um, interesting, and then the hydrographics, it is covered by, uh, there's no land masses, it's just water. It's got this insidious atmosphere, what a wild planet. Population though, 
Um, so it makes sense. There's not a huge population. There's hundreds of inhabitants. Um, and then the, uh, let's see, the government, what kind of government do we have here? It's a five, which means it is a feudal technocracy. That's pretty cool in this case. By uh, Governed by specific individuals for those who agree to be ruled. Relationships are based on the performance of technical activities. Which in this case, I'm going to... Uh, it makes total sense. This is some sort of like almost like a research station colony sort of a thing. Research, I say, fairly loosely. Uh, and then the law level is four. Light assault weapons, uh, like submachine guns, are prohibited. Um, okay. All right, and then probably anything more, anything more than that. Okay. All right. Well. This is an interesting planet. So they come across this. They're not gonna stop there by default. Um, so now is when we're gonna roll um, our next Chaos Die. So I would say the Chaos Factor went up from that last scene that was altered um, as Nikola sort of um, joins this conspiracy theory. So I'm gonna add, or this conspiracy theory, this conspiracy. So um, uh, leave, or escape, I say escape Maggie's employee or influence, escape Maggie's grasp. Okay. Now, chaos factor is six. We need to know if there is an interrupt scene of any kind here. Chaos factor six, 10. So nope, it goes along as normal. Uh, so it's an interesting planet. It's an interesting curiosity. Um, and I'll write it down. I'm gonna add a, uh, like a section on my, on my mythic here. A mythic sheet just for planets. Um, we don't know the name of the sector. It doesn't really matter to us at the moment. But so we'll say it's X-9. Well, yeah. Um, 12, 10, 2, 5, 4. Or the hex, sort of the hex code for that would be X-9CA254. All right, they got one more jump. So I gotta go for it. I don't know what fuel's looking like. I'm gonna roll and see, like, are we, is, is fuel gonna be a concern here? Uh, I'm gonna say there's no way on KS factor six. 62, nope, there's no way fuel is not a factor. All right, last jump, and this is gonna jump us into basically the scene of what we're trying to investigate. Um, so they're, they're gearing up. They're starting to plan our, ahead already. Um, they're kind of going over the plan of attack. They're going to jump into the sector as quickly as possible, uh, find the ship. They're going to try to board it, see what's going on, try to see if they can make any communications. Um, this is on the edge. This is going to end, end them up on the edge of the void. There will be no other planets or, or, or anything else for or nebulae even anything stars anything for a long while after that in this void is and something is trying to cross uh, cross that void it's probably really hard for them to navigate beyond there to even know where the heck they're jumping because there's such a big void that there's no way to navigate it's like flying blind out there so that's the other thing that's terrifying is this thing is jumping their way out of the void rapidly and somehow able to navigate across. Unless maybe they're not. They don't even know. I mean, heck, for all they know, these could be like aliens on a suicide mission of conquest. Like, we don't know. They're just, you know, shooting blindly into the dark, as it were. Because um, the thing is that we're kind of, you know, we've, we kind of think about space in a lot of these games and stuff in a 2D, in this case, like hex map, basically, sector map. But really, that's only two dimensions here. We're not, we're not even thinking about the third, third sort of axis here, so. Yeah, that's only my, uh, minorly terrifying. Okay. So, we need to head into this next scene. I'm gonna leave the Chaos Factor where it is. I'm gonna roll again, though, because the scene is changing as they're jumping in. This next scene, then, is them jumping in to the situation. This last week jump, they're, they're prepared. New situation. Seeing what they see. Chaos, we'll leave it. Chaos Factor 6. Four. We have an altered scene. As soon as they come out of jump, here's our event focus. 99. NPC positive. We'll see which NPC it is in a second. Uh, 
So let's see. We've got for NPCs, we've got Maggie Hatch, we've got the xenophobic androids, the Hivers, these aliens or whatever they are coming across the void. Eric Vodeman, uh, and the five crew members. I'm going to kind of list at the moment as one character. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six groups here. Let's roll a d6. This has to do with the Hivers. It's PC positive for the Hivers that they found. Those are the things that they found on the on the uh, android planet that had long since died. Weird. Okay, weird callback for them. Maybe this is where they're from. We don't actually know. They were tracking this uh, apparent threat. Oh, maybe they could be the things coming across. We don't know. We gotta find out. Oh man, I gotta find out. The action and subject. Action. 60. Abuse. Interesting start. Subject. Abuse. 76. Abuse the mundane. Abuse the mundane. Let's see. What could that mean with the hivers? Hivers are abusing the mundane. What's mundane out here? Oh, yeah. You know what? The answer to me is obvious, actually, now that I think about it. They jump out and, and immediately... Um, well, they don't notice anything at first, actually. Everything looks... normal. Actually, wait. They don't see anything here. Like, anything. They don't see the ship yet, either. And then... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm going to roll a d6 as a d3. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, two ships uncloak, essentially. Not like in the Romulan way where they do the, like, the wave thing, I just made that sound, but they, they essentially uncloak. In, in this case, they, they turn off some sort of... Uh, well... They're not exactly sure what it is, right? They're abusing the mundane, and the way that they're abusing the mundane is they're able, they were, these, these hivers are able to use sort of the element of the void where there's not a lot of star, like there's not a lot of stuff to, um, like stars attract, they're able to make it through the void, uh, and they're at least able to travel in the void, through the void, without being detected by having basically cloaking for everything else. Um, but as they get closer to the ship, uh, they turn off, sort of, this, they show up on, basically, on the radar. I don't know if they're the same, so they can travel through the void, we know that. We don't know if they're originally from there and somebody else is coming, or if it's more hivers. That will certainly be interesting. And in fact, I think we need to know what their intentions are, because they're certainly using, or in this case, abusing the mundane. But I don't know if they're hostile or not, or what this... I don't know what this encounter is going to look like, that's for sure. Okay, I don't think I don't think Nicola or any of them know. Um, they don't they don't know if they're friendly or not. So I think Nico's on the or Nico Nico Nicola's on the comms and because um, he actually does ha he actually does have a navigation still so a skill so he probably helps out with this kind of stuff too. But he helps on the comms. Um, and you know what? We need a ship name. We need a um, let's get let's just do it this way. We'll get a ship name this way. Let's try that again. The Francesco. All right, the ship's name is the Francesco. Uh, yes, this is the this is the Confederation ship Francesco, or the independent ship Francesco. Uh, please identify yourselves. We are on a on a peaceful mission of. Uh, Reco equipment recovery, I think that's what they want to say. They're trying to be ambiguous as to why they're here. On, for equipment recovery, uh, please advise, we have no hostile intentions. We have no hostile intentions. All right, I'm going to roll a reaction roll for what we know are these Hiver ships that have just shown themselves. Um, and I don't think, let's see, modified results poss could possibly come if the character served... Uh, yeah, but we don't have, I haven't served that many terms, um, and there's no world population here, so there's no modifiers to this roll, so 2d6 reaction roll, we get an 8, so they're interested. Now, here's a question that I don't know, are they able to communicate or understand? I mean, they were monitoring for so long, it's possible, I mean, I don't know, I, I would say it's somewhat likely, Chaos Factor 6, I think it's somewhat likely that they have a way of communicating. 42, 
That would be the answer, wouldn't it? Um, so they come across garbled at first, and then all of a sudden it kind of comes through, and like there's some sort of a translation thing. Um, this is the this is the Hiver collective ship addressing the Confederation ship Francesco. We understand that you are here on equipment recovery. We are more than willing to accommodate this equipment recovery. Does it have anything to do with the other Confederation ship that has recently gone missing in this sector? Yes, it does. How How do you know about that? That is not necessarily a concern of yours to be discussed at this time. We saw your we saw that your um monitoring post on whatever that whatever that planet was, we didn't give it a name. Ooh, how do they re, how do they respond to that? Do they um that actually seems like a misstep. It's are they agitated by that? I, I think it's I don't know, fifty fifty. Are they agitated by that? 87 um no they're not yes we do have a listening post on the planet that you speak of yes we are able to detect from our various locations the ship that went missing we are interested in its fate as much as you are hmm. yeah I think Nicola is very skeptical about this and he kind of cuts the communications, talks to the rest of the crew. I don't know how much we should trust them. For all we know, like, they could be the ones coming across the void. They clearly have been here before. They know how to get around here, and they know how to use it to their advantage. I don't know how much we should trust them. I guess we don't really have much of a choice, says uh, Diane. Well... We're gonna have to continue with them for now. Hiver ship, uh, Hiver collective ship. We wish to first, as a confederation ship, we wish to claim claim the right of actually boarding the ship, as is of course as is our custom. So yeah, see, their listeners though, do they know that that's actually their custom? I'm gonna say it's unlikely, but it's possible. Twenty-four. Um, yeah, I mean, they go for it. I guess that they, they buy it. Yes, we do not want to interfere with your customs, but we would prefer that you share your findings with us. Hmm. Nicholas, Nicola cuts the comms again, and they start to slowly move in. That actually seemed a little too easy. I, I'm wondering if they're worried that something specific is on that ship, and they'd rather us deal with it than them deal, than them deal with it. But we couldn't let them go first. We definitely have to be the first ones to inspect the ship. Alright, well. Here goes nothing. Alright. Uh, interesting. So they're actually mostly in control in that scene, despite the... You know, despite the, the shock of, of the hybrids being here. Or at least they were somewhat in control. This next scene, then, is they're going to try to discover the fate of the ship, so they get, they're going to get closer to the ship. That's the next scene here, so as they basically pull up to it. Chaos Factor's gone back down to five. We need to see if there's any sort of interrupt in the scene. Two. Yes, there's another random event. What kind of a random event? Focus table. 63, which means it is a PC negative event. Action. 30. Break. Subject. 58. Break. Stalemate. Oh, no. Alright, here's the, here's the real question for me. Is it the Hivers? Or is it something on the ship? And we're back down to Chaos Factor 5. Is it the Hivers, I'm gonna ask? Uh, 50-50. Ah! 57, no. In this case, that means it's something on the ship. So, the ship goes, docks, and they've got their vac suits on. 
trying to be prepared for everything. I think uh, Nikola has his uh, his carbine on him. They're getting ready to go into the ship. As the ship docks up, the doors open. Long, horrifying tentacles lash out from the ship. I don't know if they're tentacles or vines or whatever. Something dark and sinewy comes and comes through basically the sort of like the way I imagine like a little tube sort of gateway, almost like the tubes that like the kids you know kids go in and play with that like fold up. There's little or like at, you know kids play places or whatever like that my kids would play at. Um, it, it's like one of those tubes you know that shoop, shoop, goes to either side, sort of vacuum sealed. It starts to spread through the corridor trying to get to see if it can attach itself to the Francesco. And that is where we're going to end this session. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit more procedural uh, of an episode as we get into what's going on. Um, Traveling through uh, some fringe space with not a ton going on in it yet, but this next arc seems is amping up. Thank you so much again for joining me. Thanks again to Ray Otis for calling in. And if you think anybody would enjoy the show, please, uh, please let them know. Uh, word of mouth is really the way that it spread, um, spread news about the show. And if you have a moment to review it on wherever, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, that would be a huge help as well. I try to shout those out on the air as well, but I, there's a lot of places to check and I don't always find them. So if you're like, yeah, duh, I already did that. Uh, and you'd like your shout out. Don't feel bad about emailing me. My email is in the show notes. Thank you once again. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Subclass Act.